morning. A week or two after I volunteered to uh, speak on this date, I was reading a book on preaching. It's called Preaching Reimagined. And uh, as I was reading that book, he spoke about this very Sunday. He, uh, he said, the Sunday between Christmas and New Year's is called Wasteland Sunday. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and as I was reading, it kind of took the wind out of my sails because, you know, he said, uh, well, you can't really compete with the significance and the excitement of Christmas. And uh, people are either catching up on their sleep or thinking about their plans for New Year's rather than the kingdom of God and your sermon. And so I thought, well, you know, it doesn't make for a lot of uh, enthusiasm as I'm preparing for today. And it was a bit deflating. But, you know, I believe better for us this morning. And I believe that God does want to speak to us by his word and by his spirit, as he always does every day. And uh, so why don't we just pray together and then I'll continue. God, we confess that on any given Sunday, be it Wasteland Sunday or, or some other, that the words and thoughts that any of us share in church only become meaningful and life-giving if, uh, if your spirit is present and working in us. So we ask you to take these words and thoughts and I pray that you would make them alive in us, that they would help us to draw closer to you, our loving Father. And Father, may these uh, words cause us to desire to serve you, our Lord and King, even more so in the days and the weeks to come. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. As I've been uh, thinking about this message over the last few weeks, uh, a particular question has really come to mind. And the question is, uh, what time is it? And as we approach the new year, uh, we often take time to make resolutions, to resolve to try something new, something different. Uh, the new year gives us an opportunity for a fresh start. And uh, God himself is into new things. God is into fresh starts. Uh, in Isaiah chapter 43, it says, See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Uh, this morning on Wasteland Sunday, i like us to reflect together on some of the things that uh, happened to Jesus as he was uh, preparing to begin his ministry, something new. And some of the things that Jesus did himself uh, to prepare himself for the things that God was leading him into. And my hope is that uh, this morning and even later today that each of us would take some time to consider what it is that God might be leading us into and what God might be asking us to do as his followers, as his people, both as individuals and as a church. And so I'd like to begin by uh, just recounting what, what Brad read in Matthew chapter 3, where it says, Jesus came to Galilee to Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me? And Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It's proper for us to do this, John, to fulfill all righteousness. And uh, John consented. For 30 years or so, you know, we've just celebrated Jesus' birth. And for the 30 years after that, Jesus spent time with his family. Uh, growing up, being trained and taught by his, his father and mother. Uh, then being involved in the family business. 
And uh, then John the Baptist comes on the scene. And Jesus senses in that event that something new is, is happening. Uh, not just for the Israelite people, but for himself. And Jesus senses that in that event, God is calling him to move into something different. To make a change. And he moves into his public ministry. And I think what's interesting to know right off the bat is that uh, Jesus humbles himself in this way. Uh, Jesus didn't need to be baptized. He had nothing to repent of. He uh, didn't need to be washed clean of anything. He didn't need uh, John's kind of a stamp of approval to, to move into public ministry. And yet Jesus uh, submitted uh, really to what he believed was the will of God for his life. And so even though he didn't need to, he sensed that God was leading him to do that and he humbled himself. And, uh, and as we ask the question, what time is it? Maybe for some of us it's a time to humble ourselves. To come under the guidance and direction of somebody else. Somebody who's maybe a little bit ahead of us in one aspect of our walk and our faith uh, than another. And uh, so maybe personally we need to make ourselves available to be guided and taught by somebody. But also as a church, you know, we've been uh, talking about things as a leadership group, about uh, how God might be leading us as a church in the future to take time to send uh, small groups, uh, small teams to different places in the world. And, uh, and we've already been invited as a faith community to prayerfully consider if we might participate in the first of those groups, which is going to Uganda, to not only to serve, although that will certainly be a part of, of why we might go to Uganda, but I think also for us to be able to learn how we might be able to serve and minister better here. And as I've been reflecting on that, uh, you know, we, we, we might go to other places. We've talked about maybe Europe and Asia. But uh, when I consider the, the question, what time is it? Maybe it's time for us, and we've been talking about this and wrestling with this as a church, it's time for us in the first world where we are materially rich but, but spiritually poor, that we might, just as Jesus humbled himself and was baptized by John, even though he didn't need to be, you know, John, John said, no, he's, he's the one that's going to be greater. I'm, I'm not the one that's greater. Maybe it's time for us as the, in, in the first world as Christians to, to humble ourselves before our brothers and sisters in Christ in the third world where they might be materially poor but spiritually rich that we might be able to learn and be better prepared for the work that God has for us. At the time that Jesus begins this new phase in his life uh, as he's baptized he gets this beautiful uh, confirmation and blessing from his father. It says that the moment that Jesus came up out of the water out of, of his baptism, heaven was open and he saw the Spirit of God descending on, on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I'm so well pleased. That's a powerful way to begin one's ministry, isn't it? I was uh, probably 21, 22 years old and I was uh, a volunteer youth leader in my church at the time and, uh, and things were going reasonably well actually for the youth group. We had uh, quite a few kids coming out but um, 
but we weren't really reaching kids that were outside of the church. And I recognize that there's a need for me to, to find some help, some training. You know, how can we actually evangelize to people that have never been in, in a church before? And so I started asking around, and uh, several people mentioned this organization called Youth with a Mission. And, uh, and Youth with a Mission had these six-month training schools that would help you to, to learn to evangelize, but also then to practice it by going out and sharing your faith, uh, in loving and caring ways and also in, in word. And so um, soon after I heard about that, I, uh, my parents, who are actually visiting here today, uh, brought me to Vancouver International Airport as a 22-year-old and uh, helped me to get on a plane for the very first time. And I uh, flew to Europe, where I went to a school in Amsterdam, and we would spend time in class, but also then ministering on the streets of Amsterdam and sometimes going into clubs and, uh, and praying and witnessing to people there. And, uh, and then ultimately, we were, uh, we were led, a small group of that larger group went to China where I was able to serve uh, orphans and uh, long-term missionaries. But as we, I was at that school, um, and we were in the, uh, the lecture phase, the education phase, uh, we were in a time of prayer together. And uh, one of the leaders, Pete Thompson, he... Uh, he just came up to me during that prayer time and he just he sat in front of me and looked me in the eyes and very simply said, you know, Dave, I think I've got a word from God. He felt impressed by God to say, share something with me. And he says, I think God just wants you to know that he's really pleased with you. And um, it was just a very, a very encouraging uh, word for a young fellow who's trying to make his way, uh, taking some risks, far away from family and friends. And, um, and it was just a, a real motivator, an encourager to help me along. And um, obviously I still remember it quite vividly today. And, and I guess as I reflect on that and I reflect on God's, the Father's words to His Son Jesus, uh, the question comes again, what time is it? And maybe for some of us it's time to receive that word from God that, that you are his beloved daughter his beloved son he's just so pleased with you and several times in the uh, in the Tuesday prayer times that we've had um, uh, a passage I think it's from Zephaniah uh, where the prophet says you know that God rejoices over us with singing uh, that word has come to us and maybe it's time for you for you to be able to receive that or maybe you have received that but it's kind of been forgotten or it just doesn't feel like it's as true or as vibrant in your life and maybe today's the day that you, you renew that again and just accept it from God or maybe the other thing is maybe it's time for us you have received that to then to be able to share that with others you know, and I think that's a powerful word for us as a faith community to, to share with one another, to encourage one another and say, you know, however things are going, however you might feel, you're the son of God. You're the daughter of God. He delights over you. It doesn't matter what's going on right now. And that's a truth that never changes. And I think that's important. It's important for Jesus because as we see, he gets led by God. It's interesting, isn't it? That it's the Spirit that leads him out into the desert. And uh, so immediately after receiving this word of blessing, he goes into the desert, to, to the wasteland. 
And I think it must be a very dark time for Jesus. He's, he's alone. He's uh, feeling weak, vulnerable, uh, hungry. <laughs> Forty days is a long time to go without food. And the devil shows up. And, and, you know, we don't know exactly what form that is, whether he comes in something like a human form, whether he comes maybe in a, in a dream or vision. In my own mind, I kind of think that it's, it's these nagging voices, these uh, persistent voices in Jesus' head. Just, so, you, you're really God's son? You think so? You know, God said, did God really say that he's really pleased and that he loves you? Did God say that? And he begins to, to test Jesus in different ways as we read. And... You know, it seems to me that the only way that the disciples would have ever known this is that, you know, Jesus was alone when that happened. And I think it's intriguing that, that yet the disciples know and it's, and it's recorded for us in Matthew's Gospel. And I, and I wonder if, uh, you know, Jesus is saying, here's life in all its fullness. It's, uh, it has its dark moments. And, uh, and I've been there. I think it's the writer to the Hebrews that says, you know, that, that Jesus was tempted in every way that he might be able to help us when we ourselves are tested and tempted. And uh, Jesus doesn't skirt that. He doesn't try to avoid that. He says, part of following me is going to involve dark times. It did for me. And so, and I was thinking of that, and I was thinking, you know, of this question, what time is it? And And maybe it's time that we're continue to grow to be able to share both those, those dark times as well as the times of overcoming. I think, you know, we all want to be able to have the testimony that says, I overcame. And certainly Jesus does overcome the tempter. But, but maybe it's time, and I know this is something for me, that this growing in vulnerability to say, I'm, I'm just in a really dark place right now. It's, I'm, I'm getting tested. And uh, and it just as Jesus shares that with his disciples so that they might know that he is with them, that maybe we can share that with one another and so that we can have people come alongside us if we're in that trying time. But also then people will know that they can trust us and invite us into their dark places so that we can come along and encourage and help them out. Maybe it's time for that. But the great thing is, is that Jesus doesn't just say, you know, you're going to meet dark times, but he, he also models for us one of the ways that we can um, do business with Satan in those dark times. And each of the times, as many of us are probably familiar with, he, he quotes the Bible. And, uh, and as I was thinking of that, I was thinking, you know, what time is it? Maybe it's time for us to prepare. To prepare for the showdown in the desert places. And certainly part of that preparation is to be able to to know God's word, to have it in our hearts so that when, when we're tempted, when we're in a time of testing, we can stand just as we were reflecting on earlier that in the hard times, we, I am God's child. Nothing is going to change that. Jesus has spoken that. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's his promise. And there are many other scriptures that, you know, Jesus takes... God's, God at his word and applies it to the situation that he's in and that we would grow in that. So maybe it's time for us to, to consider again how we might apply ourselves to reading God's word and knowing it. And one of the things we're talking about as a leadership team, we've been talking about it this week, is 
what are some of the ways that we can resource and encourage uh, one another in getting into the Bible because uh, you know the common testimony for all of us is it's, it's hard it's hard to be consistent and so we want to be able to help and encourage one another in that uh, finally I just uh, I just want to reflect on the very last temptation that Christ face, faces and um, the devil said to him he said uh, took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor all this I will give to you the devil said if you will bow down and worship me and Jesus said to him away from me Satan for it is written worship the Lord your God and serve him only and um, I came across uh, a writer once said a person will worship something everybody worships something he says have no doubt about that we may think that our worship is, is done in secret in the dark recesses of our hearts but, but you know it's going to come out that which dominates our imaginations and our thoughts will determine our lives and our character therefore it's necessary for us to be careful about what we worship for what we are worshipping we are becoming I thought it was just an intriguing word that the things that we apply ourselves to and we give ourselves to uh, those are the things that we actually become. And, uh, but Jesus uh, stares his devil right in the face and he just says, it's not going to be that way with me. And so maybe it's time for us to, to consider who it is or what it is that we're serving. Uh, maybe it's time to consider who's calling the shots and who's meant to obey. And, uh, and these are some of the thoughts that have come to me as I've I looked at this passage and, and, and considered where we're at as we come into the new year. And, uh, and I'm sure if we went, continue to go through the Gospel of Matthew that we would find more things that we could ask a similar question. What time is it? Maybe it's time for me to be involved in this or that. Or similarly, the, uh, the reading from Ecclesiastes. And the writer to the Hebrews in chapter 3 says uh, some intriguing things about this. He says, So as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts, but respond. And so, I guess as we close here this morning, I'd, I'd like for us to, maybe some of the things that we've looked at this morning are things that God is saying to you, that He desires for you to embrace as your own, or to, to maybe act upon. And maybe there's other things that uh, we haven't touched on today that God is saying to you. And I guess I'd just like for us to take a few minutes here and maybe that'll be a, a part of that journey of identifying what it is that God might be calling us to. But, and if it doesn't come to you right away, to just maybe spend some time at home over these next few days to ask yourself the question, what time is it for me? What is it that God is calling me to? So let's just do that for a moment. Take a few minutes of of quiet and hear what the Spirit might be saying to us.
Jesus, you said that by your Spirit you would convict us of the things that need to change. You said that it is by your Holy Spirit that we would be led into all truth. And it's the Holy Spirit that does say, if we hear his voice today, that we wouldn't harden our hearts, but that we would respond with uh, obedience and excitement into the things that you have for us. And so, Father, I pray that as your Spirit has been speaking now and, uh, and as your Spirit continues to speak to us in, in this day and maybe in the week ahead, that we would uh, embrace what you have for us. Father, both the things that you want us to, to take and the things that you want us to give up. For we know that you have our best interest in mind. That as a father, what father would, you know, if a child wants food, would give him a stone or, or other gifts and would give him a snake. You, you desire good things for us and we're grateful for that. And so help us to trust you as we step into the new. Help us to, to have faith that you do make all things beautiful in your time and that you're doing a great work in us. We thank you for that. In Christ's name, amen.